March 28th, 2023. We're in Masechet Berachot and Daf Yod Gimal Amud Bet. If you count from the bottom of the Amud up, it's nine lines up in the middle of the line. Says the Gemara, Marav Yosef, Perakdan lo yikra keriyat shema. A person who's perakdan, Rashi translates perakdan as meaning lying on your back. If you're lying on your back, situated in such a way that you're directly facing upward, it's prohibited, it's asur to read keriyat shema in such a way. Rashi later on in Dibura Matahil Ki Matzle explains that by doing so, it's derech sirara vega'ava. It's a haughty and self-centered way, and as a result, of course, inappropriate. You're in the midst of being mekabel alav ol malchut of accepting the yoke of heaven upon yourself, and you're situated, you're lying yourself in a way that's haughty and self-centered, doesn't match the uh, circumstances, and as a result is prohibited. Many of the hachmeh sefarad, ra'ah, ritva, alternatively suggest that lying in such a way uh, brings forth hirhur, it'll bring forth in the person's mind wrong thoughts, and in turn will uh, take their mind off of appropriate kiryat and uh, that's the reason for it being prohibited. Either way you go on this, the statement of Rav Yosef quite clearly is perakdan, lo yikra kiryat says the Gemara, but wait a second, those words imply that although you're not allowed to read kiryat in such a fashion, Mikrahu de la Likre, the issue is specifically reading Kiriachima, ha migna shapirdame, to be lying just on your back is permitted. After all, how come Rav Yosef only spoke about Kiriachima if you're not supposed to be lying there under any circumstances, irrespective of whether you're saying Kiriachima or not? Veha, Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi, lait amandigane aparkit. Didn't Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi curse or speak harshly against anyone who's gane? who would be lying down at parkids with their back down and face upward. Rashi explains that the reason on uh, Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi would speak harshly against such people is because Perhaps the person's private part would uh, face upward, others would see it, and in turn it would be genai, it would be uh, inappropriate, it would be embarrassing and shameful for them to be in such a state. You're lying down. Someone might walk by and see you in such a fashion. Oh, okay. It's specifically an issue in that context. The interesting thing about Rashi is Rashi's just describing if you're sleeping and as a result not in control of your body, and then someone might walk by and see it. What about if you're just lying down? You're awake, so you're in control of your body. Rashi seems to be only talking about sleep. It's uh, well known in the name of Hazon Ish, that because of this Gemara, the fact that the Gemara doesn't answer in such a way, right? If, according to Rashi, you could have answered and you should have answered, well, wait a second, that's talking about if you're sleeping and your mind isn't in control, your body is in control of itself, and therefore somewhere, oh, but when you're saying Kiryat you're awake, so that's not an issue. Says Hazonish, it seems clear from this that you're never, under any circumstance, irrespective of whether you're sleeping or not, supposed to be lying on your back with your face uh, face up. On the couch, on the floor. That's, that's anyway, what seems clear from the, the Gemara, because otherwise what's the question, right? Okay, so that's what the Gemara questions. How could it be that Rav Yosef said that you're not allowed to say Kiriachima Pirakdin with your back down and fa- head facing upward? Oh, wait a second, you're never supposed to be lying in such a way. Says the Gemara, Amre, they answered in the Midrash, Migna Ki Matzle Shapir When you're lying down, as long as you're tilted to the side, Shapir that's sufficient, that's okay. Mikra, when you're reading Kiryat Shema, Afal Gav de Matzle Name Asur. 
if you're reading Kiryat Shema, even if you're tilted, it's still Asur. So that's how we resolved this issue, this seeming contradiction. On the one hand, uh, you're allowed to lie with your back down and face up as long as you're tilted. Uh, but wait a second, I thought you're not supposed to. As long as you're tilted, it's okay. When it comes to Kiryat Shema, even if you're tilted, it's Asur. Says the Gemara, Didn't Yohanan tilt as he read Kiryat Shema? I thought you said for Kiryat Shema, you're not allowed to do so. Answers the Gemara, Rabbi Yohanan was different because he was very hefty. He was very, uh, he was a Baal Basar, he was uh, overweight. And as a result, it would be uncomfortable and difficult for him to shift his body. It was permitted for him to even for Kiryat Shema because it seems like Sha'at Adaha couldn't do any other way. It was permitted for him to read Kiryat Shema in such a way. Interestingly, Harambam, and in turn Shulchan Aruch, um, add an extra layer to this Gemara. I'm going to read to you Shulchan Aruch here in Siman Samech Gimal in Ora Haim, of course, in Saif Aleph, in the middle. Avalo Peraktan. You can't read Kiryat Shema with your back upward. Shohan Aruch interprets, unlike Rashi, Perakdan is either your face down and your body down, or your back down and your face up. Either way, Did you hear the words of Shohan Aruch from Harambam? But you can read Kiryat Shema if you're Shochev Al Sido. That seems to go against our Gemara. Our Gemara said that... Which means what? If you're lying down and you, it sounds like turn to the side, it's permitted. You're on your side or you're oh, lying down and oh, turning. Oh, very to your nice, side. very nice. So Harambam and in turn Shulchanaruch added an extra stage to our Gemara. If you're lying on your back, so you, neither can you lie on your back to read Kiryachma or otherwise under any circumstance. If you're not tilted, but you're entirely on your side, you're Shochev al Sido, so then you could even read Kiryachma. If you're lying on your back and you're note, you're mo- turning yourself, but your whole body is back, you're just kind of turning your head, turning your body slightly, that's permitted if you're just lying down. You understand there are three levels there. But not for Kiryachma. But not for Kiryachma, unless you're a Baal Basar, like Rabbi Yohanan. Right, so again, so says Shohan Aruch, Avalo Perakdan, Da'inu Shepanav Tuchot Bakarkao Mushlach Al Gabo Fanav Lema'ala, Aval, Korevo Shochev Al Sido, continues Shohan Aruch, Vim Ba'al Basar Harbeh, if you're very heavy, like Rabbi Yohanan, Ve'no Yacholi Hitapech Al Sido, and you can't fully turn your body to the side, O Shaya Hole, or you're sick, you can slightly turn to the side and read Kiryat Shema. Of course, we didn't see this in our Gemara. Where they derive it from, it might be, and we'll discuss when we get there, a certain sugya later on in Dafkaf Dalid. Ramar Bimoshe Yisulis does not seem to have this general approach for one reason or another, but this is the way for Sfaradim, at the very least, where Posek Lahalacha, there are these three levels, and when it comes to reading Kiryat Shema, it's permitted, provided that you entirely turn to your body. If, alternatively, you're just slightly shifting your body, that would not be permitted unless you're hole or baal basar under specific extenuating circumstances. Is it that you can, or you should, or you must? Because Kiryat Shema al-Hamita literally means 
doing Kiryat Shema on your bed. And now we're saying you're not allowed to do it on your back, you're not allowed to do it on your stomach. You uh, maybe can do it on your side, but no, I thought if you have to do it in your bed. means that it's Samuch It doesn't mean you have to be doing it on your bed. Is that not the ideal? No, it means you do it before you go to sleep. Firstly, you could sit on the edge of your bed. Secondly, you could sit on a chair next to your bed. But if you're going to be lying in your bed, it's fully permitted even the Chatechila, according to Shohan Aruch, provided that you're turned entirely. And everyone agrees that you cannot do it on your back. That's and, the Gemara explicitly. Right. You got to do it on your side. If you're That's do the Pirakta, indeed. And is that the same thing for if you're ever, like, let's say, learning in bed, maybe listening to a class or reading a book uh, happens to be more Torah based or something like that, that it has to be on your side, or do a lot of... It's an interesting question. I would imagine it's identical to Kiryat Shema in that respect. You could understand Kiryat Shema being more Hamur because it's Kabbalat al Machut Shemaim, but I'd imagine it would extend to those other. I'm not certain. And even today when we have covers, that doesn't change anything? It won't change anything per se. They had covers back then as well. you think they were going to bed without covers. People walking by. No, there were covers even then. Okay, so the next segment of the Gemara brings us back to the Mishnah. And the truth is, when we read the Mishnah, we didn't focus on the second half of the Mishnah because we really, we said the Gemara was going to focus on that first line and then take yeah, off. So that. let's turn back to the Mishnah and Daf Yod Gimal and read it through so that we can then arrive back at the Gemara. We're back here on Daf Yod Gimal and the Mishnah on the second line of the Mishnah. It says the Mishnah, Baperakim Sho'el Mipene HaKabod Umeshiv. It says Baperakim. Perakim means in between the paragraphs. And the Mishnah will go on to describe what the paragraphs are in Kiryat Shema. You can be Sho'el. You could turn to another and say hello to them. Mipene HaKavod. If it's for honor. If it's for a reason of, of giving the, you know an individual who's Nikhbad, says Rashi. A person shalom, person who's dignified and separate. As you can say hello to them. And umeshiv, you can respond. To whom can you respond? To the person who's dignified. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Uba'em, so it's going to be the question of the Gemara. You'll see why in a second, based on the parallel or lack thereof in the Mishnah. Uba'em, so if you're in the middle of one of those paragraphs of Kiryat Shema, sho'el mipneha you're allowed to um, ask, in other words, open up with saying hello, only if it's mipneha yirah. Only if it's uh, an individual whom you fear by not saying hello to them, they might kill you, says Rashi. But kavod would not be permitted in the middle of a paragraph. Umeshiv. And you can respond as well. To whom can you respond? Assuming to that person. Again, you assume the same person. Divre Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Uda Omer. Rabbi Uda alternatively says, Ba'emsa sho'el mipine hayir'ah. In the middle of the paragraph, much as Rabbi Huda said, you can be Sho'el Mipine Hayera, Umeshiv, but you can respond if they first said hello to you, even Mipine Hakabot. Okay? In other words, it bumps it, according to your reading, bumps it down a little. Uba Pirakim, and in between paragraphs, Sho'el, you can be the one who first says Shalom to another, Mipine Hakabot, identical to. Rabbi Meir, umeshiv shalom, and you can respond if they said shalom to you first, lechol adam, even if it's neither kabod or yira, period. 
Okay, so again, what the Gemara is going to wonder is, according to the Bimeir, when we talk about Umeshiv, both by Perakim and by Emsa, who are we referring to? And we'll deal with it when we get there in just a moment. Concludes the Mishnah. Eluhen ben HaPerakim. This is the definition of in-between paragraphs. Ben Berachari Shona Lashenia. Between the first and second Berachot of Birkot Kiryat Shema. Ben Shenia Lashema. The second. Ahavat Olam. Ohevet Amo Yisrael Be'ahava. Habuchar Ba'amo Yisrael Be'ahava. Before Kiryat Shema. Ben Shema. Shema ve'ahavta is a segment, levehaya, the second paragraph, levehayaim shamoa, ben vayayim shamoa levayomen, ben vayomen le'emet v'yatsiv, period. All right, so those are the ben ha'perakim, that's what we define as the in-between paragraphs. Rabbi Huda Omer, ben vayomen le'emet v'yatsiv, lo yafsik. Rabbi Huda says that last one which we mentioned as vayomer, and then splitting it from emet v'yasiv is considered a pause, is considered a separate paragraph. He says, no, that's not a separate paragraph. Lo yafsik. Amar b'yoshua ben korcha, the Mishnah then concludes with thoughts on just the structure, the general structure of Kiryat Shema. Lama kadema parashat Shema levehayayim shamoa? Why is it that Kiryat Shema starts with Shema ve'ahavta and only then has ve'ayayim shamoa? Well, if you look at the theme of Shema and Ve'ahavta, it's Kedeshi Yekabel Alav Omachut Shemaim Tehila. It's so that initially you have the acceptance of the yoke of heaven. That's Shema Yisrael Adonai Luin Adonai Echad. Ve'ahakach and Ve'ahavta. Ve'ahakach and only then Ve'ayayim Shemua Tishmuel Mitzvot Adonai Ba. So forth, Ve'ahakach Mekabel Alav Mitzvot. Ve'ayayim Shemua is about accepting and fulfilling the Mitzvot. So you start with, who is it that I'm dealing with? What's the general acceptance of the yoke of heaven? And then let's deal with the particulars of, I'm going to fulfill the mitzvot. Why does Vehayayim Shamoa precede Levayomer? Shevayayim Shamoa noheg ben bayom ben balayla. Vehayayim Shamoa is a reference to the mitzvot. Vayomer? Eno noheg ele bayom bilvad. Vayomer, even though we mention Zechirat Yitzyam Yisraim at the very end, primarily Vayomer's theme is Sisit. And Sisit are relevant and and prevalent specifically and only during the day. Why so? It's about seeing them, which we assume is only taking place in the easiest sense during the day. It's the Torah's way of saying sisit or chava during the day. Okay, well that all being the case, the Gemara will return us to, for our purposes, the first segment of that final part of the Mishnah. Again, the Mishnah said, Uba perakim sho'el vechule. Says the Gemara, Meshiv mehamat mai. What are you responding to if someone says shalom to you? Ben haperakim, according to the bimeir. Ilema mit Perhaps it's the same way you could be shoel mit penehakavod. So too you could respond. Hashda michel shayila hadure mibaya. Says the gemara. That seems redundant. Rabbi Meir. To be shoel, to open your mouth and bring forth the hello before someone says hello to you. That's more lean. That's a more stringent situation. Right. Than the response. So once you told me that you could be Sho'el Mipene HaKavod, so you could certainly be Meshiv as well, just like you had in Rabbi Huda. Keep in mind, in Rabbi Huda, the second opinion, Sho'el Mipene HaYira U Meshiv Mipene HaKavod, for example, by Emsa and so forth. So, uh, so Sho'el Mipene HaKavod, the Meshiv, although your suggestion, the Mishnah was Mipene HaKavod, says the Gemara, then it's redundant. 
Ela, rather, perhaps the meshiv is ela shoel meshiv shalom Maybe the response in Rabbi Meir of ben haperakim you could be meshiv. You're not meshiv mipenei hakavod. You could even be meshiv lechol hadam to any person, even if they're not dignified. What's the problem with that? The problem with that is then we're identical to the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. After all, look at the end of the of the Mishnah. The same question applies to the second part of Rabbi Meir when you're dealing with the Emsah. Effectively now, Suggestion of the Gemara is that Rabbi Meir is going to turn out like this. Ba'perakim, meaning in between the paragraphs, Yeshua'el mipenei ha'kavod, u'meshiv shalom l'chol adam. Ba'emsa, Yeshua'el mipenei ha'yir'ah, and then we bump it down a level in terms of responding. So it's going to be u'meshiv shalom for kavod. Well, that being the case, says the Gemara, Hainu de Rabbi Yehuda. That's going to be identical, completely and fully. Take a look at the Mishnah again. To Rabbi Yehuda, Ditnan. After all, our Mishnah said, Rabbi Yehuda, Omer, Ba'em sa shoel m'pnei ha'yira, Umeshim m'pnei ha'kavod, Parakim shoel m'pnei ha'kavod, Umeshiv shalom l'chol adam. So we're stuck. The Gemara is in a bind. On the one hand, Rabbi Meir didn't tell us what Meshiv means, neither in Parakim nor in Ba'em on the other hand, if we were to suggest that it means that you could be meshiv in the same way you could be shoel, then there's no necessity to mention it. Once you could be shoel, which is more hamur, allowing for you to open your mouth before they addressed you, so then you don't need to tell me that you're meshiv. And if you're going to tell me that it drops down a level, you could even be meshiv lechol adam or kavod, depending on ben aperakim or ba'emsa. Well, then it's the same thing as Rabbi Yehuda. So we're stuck, says the Gemara. Perhaps this is the only way we can interpret this Mishnah. Perhaps our Mishnah is missing words, and it meant to say, or it should say the following. Indeed, as you suggested initially, First and foremost, And now add in these words. And it goes without saying, and you can respond. But the Mishnah didn't say that. So when the Gemara finds itself stuck in a bind such as here, without an ability to answer in any other way, they'll suggest these sorts of uh, answers. First and foremost, it's not so far-fetched because the Mishnah was purposefully truncated so that people would know it by heart. So you may have said it by heart, so you kind of had to fill in the gaps on your own. Secondly, specifically over here, the Gemara is going to bring a Beraita, which directly accords with this reading of the Mishnah. So it's going to 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 strengthen this suggestion. So we add in those words to tell you that yes, to mention meshiv is unnecessary, but we mention it as an unnecessary, of course, by extension. And for that reason as well, we didn't need to spell it out in our Mishnah who you're meshiv to. Says the Gemara here at the top of Daf we have a beraita which directly accords with this reading, which was your reading initially. If you're reading Kiryat Shema and your rabbi or someone who's greater than you in terms of stature and wisdom, you see them. Those are the words right there. You can uh, you can open your mouth and say Shalom Pnei Kavod, and certainly you can respond to Baim. So if you're in the middle of the paragraph. 
paragraphs we define them. So the Beraita directly accords with this reading. Period. Says the Gemara Ba'amine. And says the Gemara, there was this rabbi who was studying in the Midrash of Rabbi who asked Rabbi the following question. If you're reading Halel, if you're in the middle of Kiryat Megillat Esther, can you stop? Those are two very different things. Megillat Esther is kind of it's one long Megillah. And Halel? It's like different parakim of Tehillim and different... Uh, but it became a segment. It became a, a full-fledged segment. Also, Megillah is much longer. If, if you have to say, I have someone dignified or for the honor or fear. How long is it? Maybe 20 minutes, 25 minutes, half hour? And Halel is shorter, so you should have more leniencies in, in uh, Megillah Tested. Megillah Tested. Halel is 5 minutes, 7 minutes. Okay, I hear you. Uh, the Gemara has a different direction on this, uh, but I do understand your distinction and, and the issue I mean, that you why raise. Why these two things are they being lumped together as well, the Gemara, to other? The Gemara's reason, as it'll tell us in a second, is that these two things are for what we call persum hanes. Mm. That maybe because they're persum hanes, even if they're less severe than Akiriyat Shema, after all, it's not uh, mitzvah ta'asim in Torah, per se, per se. Uh, so maybe nonetheless, the persum hanes aspect makes it more hamur. We oftentimes are mahmir. For example, Harambam writes when it comes to the mitzvah of Nerot Hanukkah, that even though in general the halacha is that you don't overspend on mitzvot. You're not allowed to spend beyond a fifth of your belongings. When it comes to Ner Hanukkah, Harambam's famous words are, it's a mitzvah chavivad me'od, and you need to give up everything to fulfill it. And Magid Mishneh, and his commentary to Arambam over there, says, because of Pirsum Hanes, the concept of Pirsum Hanes means we go above and beyond. The explanation, among others, for Pirsum Hanes being above and beyond, so to speak, is along the following lines. If God performed the miracle for you, which effectively is his way of stretching nature, um, bending out of the regular way things should be. So, so too, if you're commemorating it, you better step out of the regular, natural ways. So it might be for that reason as well, says the Gemara Halel and Kiryat Megillah, which are for Pursum Hanes, maybe they have an added severity. And, and yes, I'll tell you, and even Kiryat Megillah, which is so long because of the Pursum Hanes. Says the Gemara, here's how it goes. Mi Amrinan, perhaps we should say Kalva Homer, we should derive this from some sort of logical deduction. Kiryat Shema Deoraita Pose Kalel Rabbanan Mi If for Kiryat Shema, which is a mitzvah from the Torah, you stop, depending on where you are and how you are, uh, so certainly you do for Halel, which is only with Rabbanan. That's on the one hand. We'll come back to those words in just a quick moment. Or perhaps, nisa adif. Amazingly, the Gemara is suggesting because of Pursum Hanes, Megillah and Halel should be more Hamur, have an added severity to Kriyat Shema that under any and all circumstances, you may not pause, you may not stop in order to talk to another. Is Halel... I mean, the Gemara says it, but is this accepted that Halel is only Midrabbanan? Harambam and Peregimal of Ilkhot Hanukkah famously writes that Halel is always Midrabbanan, not only Halel on Hanukkah, but even the Halel that we say on the Shalosh Regalim, the Halel Gamur, on most, on most of those days is Midrabbanan. 
The Gemara Masech Anachin counts the days in which we say it, and it's all Midrabanan. Ramban Nachmani, however, in his Hasagot, to Sefer HaMitzvot Varambam in Shoresh Aleph, writes that Halel is Minha Torah. He brings one of two sources. He says it's either Halachal Moshe Misinai, or he cites a Pasuk in Navi. It's Kalel Hitkadesh Hag. Uh, well, Ramban Nachmani, how do you read this Gemara? The Gemara explicitly says Halel is only Midrabanan. Ramban himself addresses this issue and he suggests our Gemara is only talking about Halel of Hanukkah. He concedes that when it comes to Halel of Hanukkah, that's only Midrabanan. It's not a simple reading of the Gemara, as you'll see in the ensuing lines. Alternatively, on our sugya, the student of Ramban Nachmani, Ra'a, Rabbeinu Aharon Halevi, of a Spanish uh, important Rishon, he suggests that when the Gemara says that Halel is Midrabanan, it doesn't mean that the concept is Midrabanan. When Ramban Nachmani tells us that Halel is Min HaTorah, it doesn't mean that the words are from God. Well, we know the words, as you said a moment ago, are from Tehillim. So the words are Midrabanan. The concept, the Hayyuv, is Min HaTorah. Do you follow? So in other words, the suggestion of Ra'a is the Gemara is telling us that since the words of Halel are only Midrabanan, not the concept. Maybe it has a lighter stature than Kiryat Shema, which is Devar Hashem. That's the distinction. Similar to, for example, when Harambam tells us Tefillah is Min HaTorah. What are you talking about, Tefillah? Ramban Nachmani disagrees. Harambam says, no, it's Min HaTorah. It's Min HaTorah. Ula Obdo. That's right. The words? No, not the words. The words are Midrabanan. The concept, the hiyuv, the obligation of praying to God daily, that's Minha Torah. Okay, either way you go on that, that's the safik here of the Gemara. The doubt of the Gemara is with regards to Halel and Megillah are the more severe in terms of not stopping them Kiriyachima. Amale, the response of Rabbi to this student, Ahi, uh, is Posek ve'en bekach kelum. The Kalvahomer is a proper Kalvahomer, it sounds like. And as a result, you can stop just like in Kiryat Shema, your Posek, depending on where you are, for whom. However, that's the Halakha, so too when it comes to Halil and Mikra Megillah. Amar Rabbah qualifies this and explains it, narrows in a little bit more in the law. Yamim shayachid gomer bahinet Halil, ven perik le perik Posek. Period. So his statement is um, goes goes as follows. It says Rabbah. Rabbah says there are two types of halal. There's Yamim Shayahid Gomer Halel. Again, the Gemara Masechet Arachin and Dafyod enumerates all those dates. What are the dates on which we finish halal? Meaning halal gamur with a beracha. That's all the days of Sukkot. Uh, Shavuot, the first day of first days in Chutzaretz of Pesach, and Hanukkah. Those are the days Shayachid Gomer Bainatalil. The other days, meaning the rest of the days of Pesach, Rosh Chodesh, those are days Shayachid and Gomer Bainatalil. He distinguishes, he says, there's an added severity for Yamim Shayachid Gomer Bainatalil that you could be Posek by Imsa in between paragraphs. Uh, but you can't be posek, uh, excuse me, ben uh, aperakim, you can't be posek by emsa. He says, alternatively, yamim she'e meaning it's halel of Rosh Chodesh, it's halel of Halamoyed Pesach, halel of the second half of Pesach. In those circumstances, you could be posek afilu by emsa. You could respond even and, and even ask even by emsa. Says Gemara Ini, is this so? Veha Rav. Bar Sheva Ikla Legabe de Ravina. 
Uh, wait a second, we have a story. It goes like this. Rav, the son of Sheva, Ikla, he visited Ravina. Okay, and he walks into the Midrash, into the Knis. Yamim gomer Hava. It was either Holomoyed Pesach or it was Rosh Chodesh. And this Rav Sheva enters into the Midrash of Ravina and expecting we did, and perhaps he did, Ravina to pause and to say hello to him. Vela Pasikle. Ravina did not stop at any point in his Halel in order to say hello to Rav Sheva who entered the Midrash, the Kenis. Wait a second, I thought you could be Posek Afilu Baemsa. Now, of course you could do Ben Aperakim. So clearly, the suggestion we had until now that Halel is either equivalent to Kiryat Shema or, or, the, or, or in some way has, a, at the very least, on the day She'ena Yachid Gomer Ba'enet Halel, it's the same as Kiryat Shema. But it's not so from the story of Ravina. Or it's a can versus must. Correct. It says and, and along those lines, Shane says the Gemara Rav Barsheva de la Hashiv Aleh de Ravina. Basically, the answer you suggested, a little bit more detailed, says the Gemara Ravina was not Mahashiv Ravsheva. In other words, he didn't feel it was appropriate or necessary to give the kavot to Rav Sheva. As wonderful and as great as Rav Sheva was, to Ravina, he wasn't deservant of stopping in Kiryat Sheva in order to give him that kavot. So in other words, the understanding then in our Gemara is, and that's an interesting point that you raised, you know, the understanding of our Gemara, instead of answering that this is a reshut and not a chova, is that it's almost what you're supposed to do. If it is a gadol mimenu, you're supposed to be posek. You're supposed to say shalom in the appropriate time, in the proper fashion. Over here, however, that's, over here, however, Ravina, his understanding of Rav Sheva, and it sounds like the Gemara is applauding him on this, is that Rav Sheva was not in that situation at that time deservant of that kavod. So it doesn't negate what we had developed until now. It instead suggests for us that the halacha is so. The context over there wasn't a situation or of kavod. He's, it certainly is. Kavod, it certainly is. is to a certain extent subjective. That's what I'm saying. We're applauding, we're, we're giving Ravina credit on this. There is a certain subjectivity. I mean, how are you ever going to determine who's deservant of the kavod? Many circumstances will say that person objectively is a greater person in terms of their knowledge. But sometimes it's going to be somewhat subjective. So in those situations, we're not going to pause, I imagine. We're going to be mahmir in those sorts of circumstances. Uh, something uh, along those lines. Very briefly, to summarize what we did here in the Gemara, first thing we dealt with was the Piraktan, there's three ways of lying on your back, either straight on your back, can't even lie that way, Hazonish. Um, alternatively, you're turned all together to the side. Hanaruch said that the halacha in such a circumstances, you could even read Kiryat Shema like that. If you're lying on your back and just tilted a bit to the side, Hanaruch, the Gemara told us, you can't read Kiryat Shema like that, but you could lie and go to sleep or even just lie in such a way. Then the Gemara went on to explain the opinion of Rabbi Meir, who's Cholek and Rabbi Uda and our Mishnah. And we understood that Rabbi Meir's words of Shoel Mepideh Kavod Meshiv were somewhat ambiguous. We understand Meshiv, and by Emsa, 
Umeshiv Mipenehayira. And then lastly, what the Gemara did was it said, well, well now we know the laws with regards to Kiryat Shema. What about with regards to Megillah and Halel? We paused for a second and realized that the Gemara started with a Kalva Homer if Halel, which is only Midrabanan, is such so uh, excuse me, if by Kiryat Shema you could be posek, certainly by Halel, which is only Midrabanan, we questioned the opinion of Ramban Nachmani and we suggested two answers. The Gemara said alternatively, maybe Mishum Pirsum Hanes, because you're publicizing the miracle, it's more Hamor, we're more stringent when it comes to Kriyat Megillah and Halel. The Gemara's conclusion, it appears, is that you could be Posek, and then the Gemara said, Posek ve'en bekach kelum. Then we had Rabba's statement, who distinguished with regards to the Hefsek between Yamim she'ayachid gomer ba'enet Halel and Yamim she'enayachid gomer ba'enet Halel. In other words, the distinction between days when you say Halel gamur or not. And ultimately speaking, the Gemara mentioned as a challenge that small story with regards to Ravina and Rav Sheva and explained that Rav Sheva in the eyes of Ravina was not deservant of that kavod. Not that the Halakha did not apply in that circumstance in general, just the specifics of the situation were such that it wasn't a kavod situation. Baruch Adonai Amen, Amen.